With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is up, everybody? We are recording an episode of Unpeeling Syracuse Basketball. I'm your host, Dylan Finer here with my co-host, Bobby Manning. What's up, Bobby? Hello, it's March Madness! Woo! Hey, we're finally here. Uh, we're happy to be here. Sorry that we haven't been here in a while, here this ambiguous. It's beautiful to see the world care now. We've been just diving into college basketball since January, and now everyone else cares too. Yeah, it's it's finally... If you just join us, welcome in. Yeah, you know, good time to good time to join us. Um, yeah, it's finally here. I feel like we kind of got into a lull for a while, and I know there was some like, there was some talk like, do we need the one game in the ACC tournament? We need that, and we felt ourselves kind of inching toward that edge. I, I, m- admittedly felt like maybe there's a chance we fall out of favor, but you know, uh, all that worrying for not, we're in the tournament. We got a pretty good seed, um, decent draw. I would say I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, could have been worse. Um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling amazing because for the first time since really 2014, they were a lock. And it didn't seem like it was close at all. And NC State Clemson getting knocked out was a little scary. You know, Indiana was a borderline team. But those teams all ended up being a notch below Syracuse. And really, I think it was the Duke win that just separated them. Yeah, I, I heard some people say this on Twitter. And so I, I don't want to pretend like this is an original thought. But I definitely sympathized uh it, once we were in, it was kind of like, ah, I wish that we kind of had that thrill of making it on the bubble. Yeah, and so we got that <laughs> excitement because Selection Sunday was kind of boring, you know? We knew we were in, and we knew how things were going to we, – we're just waiting to see what our, uh, our bid I was. Don't know. Watching the NIT today and seeing Texas, NC State, Clemson, those teams just muddle through that. I don't want the scare possibly ending up there because there's no worse feeling in the world. Yeah, but don't you think that we'd rather – Assuming we got in, under the assumption we get in, is it a little more fun to wait until that last second, finding out that you're in for sure? 
That was pretty fun last year. <laughs> yeah, that celebration was pretty crazy. Yeah, Matt Moyer and everything. I mean, it's nice to be out of the first four though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you now we get to wait till Thursday at ten o'clock. Good start. Ten, time, yeah, right? uh, ten o'clock p.m. Man, we were complaining about eight o'clock games earlier this year. Nine o'clock even. We had one against UNC, and, and now we get to ten o'clock. Well, oh, that's we we did uh, nine o'clock in both ACC tournament games too. So it's pretty much going to be the whole way there for us. Yeah, big West Coast trip. Uh, time zone change. Syracuse out a day earlier than I think most teams get out there. Uh, get used to the time zone change. A little. Sh- little strategy, a little uh, gamesmanship from Behan. Yeah, and they get, they get another night in the hotel, which is nice. Yeah. I think uh, walking into that road mindset is really good for the team. And that's something they talked about all year when they get into that mindset that they're you know, out of Syracuse and you know, on a business trip pretty much. I think they've played good on the road this year. That bodes well, well for on this tournament. Shoot better on the road. Um, Dio had a good article about the you know, site seeing in the corner threes and all that at the dome the uh what do they call it i don't even know but shooting at the dome a little difficult for some people they say and uh now they're in the tournament facing teams that aren't used to the zone all these things you hear about this is what we wait for oh it, you just get in and get done with it so i'm writing tomorrow feel good about syracuse and i've been the optimist all year you know from the show I, I have a feeling that this is a good team and now that they're finally out of the ACC fold, I think the only ACC team in their brackets for Florida State. So now that they're out of that, I feel amazing. Three ACC, one seeds, they get the bracket without the one. Good with me. Hey, this is our time to shine, right? So, like, even if it does turn into some ugly basketball, and, I mean, we can anticipate it probably will at some point, uh, whether it's the first round or the second round, uh, to be determined. But, you know, we'll trade ugly basketball for some March wins, right? Absolutely, and so <laughs> Baylor is the first opponent. We'll get to them at the uh, end of the show with a preview. I know Dan and John got into them a little bit, but let's talk that ECC tournament because you go into that without Tyus Battle. He took the mean spill against Clemson. I remember seeing it when I was out in L.A., and I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. That could be a missed game. Kind of forget about it for a few minutes, right? Well, like a, a few days go by. Yeah, no one that's... says a thing about his status, and then like a few hours before the Pittsburgh game, he's out. Yeah, and I, I threw this in the Slack chat. I said that um, he was pictured warming up. Um, Syracuse Instagram puts out the videos and stuff, and you saw pictures of him warming up. I imagine that he was uh, he if it was a tournament he was playing, uh, the uh, the NCAA tournament that is, um, but you know we felt like we could beat Pitt probably even without him, uh, and then we would see from there. I guess Beheim felt comfortable enough, and then you get into the rest rust debate thing. How you feel? Well, it de- it definitely is a look into the mindset on how much they emphasize the ECC tournament, which isn't a lot. They're now what. Uh, two and five there i believe yeah we record. lost a lot of games the first yeah. round so they 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 don't emphasize it a ton and it's easy to see why you get the conference wins in the schedule you really just try to get by against the first round teams and it was very easy to do so this year i mean they cruise by pittsburgh even without battle which was uh, second half first second half, half was a little scary first half was like the nightmare scenario right you 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 know you're going into the game without tyus battle you sit down to watch this game, and you're like, well, you know, it'll give a chance for some other guys. Let's see how Jalen Carey can play. Let's see how let's see if Buddy Bayheim steps up to the plate. Frank Howard, who had been struggling, you know, 
you're kind of just saying like maybe these guys step up and what do you know they do it takes 20 minutes for them to round into form and in that 20 minutes i mean myself included i'm pretty nervous everybody's standing around looking at each other like uh you gonna step up you gonna step up not a lot of ball movement we're used to that the con the offense was definitely the real concern in that first half defensively a guy hits five, six threes like Jared Wilson framed it. Right. That was really all Pittsburgh had going for them, and he knew it wasn't going to go that way the rest of the half. Right. Uh, he he tied the Dominant. Pittsburgh record for threes in a game, I believe. So, 36 points in the first half. That's a lot on the, of the Syracuse zone. Yeah, that's true. A lot of that was driven by him. Didn't see too much going for anybody else. I mean, it was really a great matchup for Q's because you'd rather see them than BC, especially the way Q's just seems to wrap up the business. Also, one way or the other, they were going to get a rival, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, we kind of laugh at that, but, like, maybe, maybe let's just appreciate it, you know? If Pitt starts giving us battles over the next couple of years, like, I mean, we want to look at Pitt as our little brother and stuff, but, like, and we don't root for them to be good, of course. But... You know, let's let's not completely throw it out. We're gonna have to embrace it at some point. Yeah, we'll do that when the day comes. <laughs> when the day comes, fair enough. Three non-conference wins. I guess it's a step up on zero the year yeah. before. Yeah, and they're they're a young team. All right, they're so two big takeaways out of that game. Elijah Hughes plays forty minutes. Yeah. I I don't know if he's a big takeaway, but he plays forty minutes. I was impressed. He dropped eighteen. He shot five of nine from three. Four rebounds, three assists, two steals. That was the Elijah Hughes that uh, was playing well in the first half of conference play. Or was it the first half? Yeah. Of conference play? Yeah. Kind of like early conference play, uh, late non-con play, when he was really hitting his stride. He kind of doled out for a part of the season, but we saw him step up in this one. I think, yeah, the turning point was that three-fourths court shot he had against Duke. You know, <laughs> kind of recreate that kind of magic. Uh, so my big two takeaways, I mean, it's great. Hughes withheld that frame uh, run that was going on in the first half. But really, Frank Howard taking over from the three-point line really just seemed to boost his confidence for the next game. And then Buddy Beheim. Yeah, go ahead. The story of the season really is Buddy Beheim because never mind this guy cracking the rotation, which was uh, to begin the season. Never mind him playing the big minutes off the bench. I mean, he for him to become a starter and then, like, the most important point of the offense in both ACC tournament games, nobody could have imagined that coming into this year. Big reason the team is where they are is because he stepped into the fold, allowed them to run those battle lineups during the year. Yeah. And then he was... I mean, I wrote it after the Pittsburgh game. He pretty much stepped in the battle shoes for that game. Yeah, the scorer that Syracuse needed. And you know what? This emergence of Buddy Beheim is going to be critical, especially... I mean... We'll, we'll get to Baylor. We'll get to them. But they play a little bit of zone. Buddy Beheim has turned into a bit of a zone killer, and that's going to be important. And only the killer period. Did, did you see where he was pulling up from sniping. against Pittsburgh? He's sniping. Oh, miles behind the three-point line. Like, I wrote, you know, he stepped in the battle's shoes and shot from places the battle could only dream of. And he's extending teams out on him. You saw where Pittsburgh was guarding him, way out behind the three-point yeah. line. And he's got that look in his eye when he's shooting out. Like, he knows he's going to nail the it. The spacing that Syracuse has needed has come from Buddy. And he's forcing teams to step out, man. It's a lot of fun to watch because the floor opens up, and especially when Tyus comes back, imagine the driving space. You give Brissett a little bit. I know he didn't have a great game against Pitt, but you give Brissett a little bit more room to work from the high post. Dolajai with uh, his passes. 
it's going to be fun to watch uh, the emergence of Buddy Bayheim, especially over the next few years, too. Yeah, and Duke, the Duke game that followed up that, highly encouraging. Yeah, Even in a I loss. Agree. You know, you score 70 points, which I think you feel good about Syracuse's offense coming out of that. You feel phenomenal about how Howard looked. I mean, he wasn't quite the overall impact that Zion was, but for him to go toe-to-toe with Zion offensively from a point standpoint, like, you don't think anyone on Cuse is going to at least match the point-for-point point total that Zion had in the game, and Howard went out and did it. Right, not going to—I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit because of the six turnovers. I mean, he was a, such a high-usage player that you kind of expect that from yeah, Frank Howard The at team that point. was a turnover mess the right. whole game, which was frustrating. And Duke is incredible on defense, man. Like, yeah. they, they're phenomenal. Zion, we just watched a clip of it. He's so good at that come-from-behind steal, like, yeah. you know, when someone's not paying attention. And he cookied us a few times. And foul trouble became a story in this game, too. Right. Chukwu couldn't play the whole game, pretty much. Then he comes in. Beheim made the right move. Eight and a half minutes left. Turning back to Chukwu. No Bolden in this game. He's a big advantage for Q's every time he's in there because no one can match up with him size-wise. And he really just falls over a guy in a backcourt about 30 yeah. seconds later. And like that's some, just the most Chukwu uh. way ever to fall out of the game. <laughs> And, yeah, you know, Sidibe did his best in the rebounding game when he got out there in the first half, gave them some solid minutes. I still don't think he's going to be playable as far as March goes, just from what we saw this year. And Bayheim again, phenomenal. Uh, shot them back into the game. I think my biggest takeaway from this game is that Q's really didn't let up. They went down by 10 about three times and got right within striking distance every time. Right, yeah. The battling was the most encouraging part. And there were parts of this game that got kind of ugly. Like, when Duke scored, they scored in spurts. Uh-huh. And Syracuse, it's that rock fight style that can keep Syracuse in games against the big dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Against the Dukes, the North Carolinas. I mean, North Carolina, not as much. They, they sort of have our number as of late, at least. Um, you got the Dukes, the Tennessees, the Gonzagas that we are hoping to hang in games with. The rock fight style is what's going to do it. And when Syracuse turned it to a rock fight, that's when they climbed back when they grinded out the possessions. They weren't turning it over, right? That's going to be a key in the tournament. The turnovers led to points on the other end. I mean, Duke is phenomenal in transition, as so good as many, any team in So in many points in the turnover game. and 17 tra- turnovers. Yeah, their transition attack was phenomenal. Right from the jump with that Zion steal and slam, just broke the game wide open, and that was his first game back. Perfect game. 13 of 13. In his first game back. It was unbelievable to watch. So many possessions. He just completely demoralized Cuse by hopping on the offensive boards. Like, he probably had about four or five putbacks in the game. Look at that smile right there. (laughs) You saw that smile when he came into the game when they announced him, dude? I was so happy to see Zion back. A little sidetrack here. And Here's what makes him so likable. The whole world's chirping about the NCAA thing, and, you know, people are right about that, but... That doesn't, like, take Zion's voice into it. I mean, it might be the most corrupt system in the world, but if he likes playing college basketball, then, you know, that's his choice. And he has, he, yeah, dude, he has he so much it. fun. He's got a smile on his face. He's, he's a competitor through and through, and he's a lot of fun to watch. He's fun for the fans. Like, you know what? T- politics aside, dude, politics of the NCAA aside, he's so much fun. One of the more rootable players in the country. I don't care. Get your 
oh, there's too much Zion on ESPN. Get that out of my face, man. He is so fun, and I want to see as much of him as possible. He is one of the most compelling, if not the most compelling, college basketball player of my lifetime. I don't want to speak for other lifetimes. Uh, Jimmer Fredette's probably up there. Steph Curry when he was at Davidson. A um, few other players here. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Anthony Davis were pretty fun. Anthony Davis was really fun. I still love that year he had at Kentucky quite a bit. But besides that, I think he's number two. And, uh, you know, Tim Britton, who writes for the Mets, said it himself. He's a Duke grad. Probably the most likable Duke player ever. Dude, he's so much fun. And I, I love the guy. But this isn't a Duke podcast. This is a Syracuse podcast. Uh, uh, let's talk... A little bracket talk here. We'll just give the general look at it. Um, I'm sure that you guys don't need uh, us to fill you in. You've been consuming your bracket content already, but we're going to do it anyway. We'll talk a little bit about it. I don't know how we're going to fill out a bracket until we see how Farley Dickinson versus... Uh... <laughs> Didn't that one finish up already? Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're recording. It's uh, 1021. I think that one finished, dude. I I closed the How are we going to fill out a bracket without Fairleigh Dickinson? And who's going to play Gonzaga? So, Fairly Dickinson won, dude. Oh, Fairly Dickinson's in. All right, Breaking we can news. do it. We Breaking can news. do it. <laughs> um, so, um, Belmont Temple is going on right now. But, yeah, all right, well, let's talk the rest of the bracket. So, uh, quick takeaways. I immediately looked for Washington because yeah. we root for our guy, Mike Hopkins. Uh, Utah State, not a great draw, but... Uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, how do you lose the Pac-12 if you're uh, Washington? Oh, all right, yeah, okay. We can talk, <laughs> we can talk about that for a Oregon is streaking, though, and Oregon saw this, saw our zone earlier this season, which might have been a little bit of an advantage. They saw the Washington zone in conference play. They might have been a little more prepared. They have uh, Peyton Pritchard, good point guard, and a couple shooters. Uh, the tall guy, Wooten, mm-hmm. who's pretty good in the paint, made it tough for Washington to score. Um, Oregon's a team to look out for. I, I, they're, I like them over Wisconsin, maybe. Uh, don't want to talk about Oregon too much. Whatever. Washington, though. With North Carolina on deck, even if they get through uh, Utah State, and I'm, I expect them to, I hope they do. Utah um, State's solid team. They uh, should beat them though. But North Carolina, dude, you get to see it, like oh, that stinks, man. Roy Williams and his team is ready to take on that zone. And they're they're as good as anybody in the tournament, and I don't know how they didn't pull off that Duke win with the first half that they did. Uh, it was just an unbelievable run by Duke to win the ACC this year. But, you know, tournament season was pretty interesting. We talked about Washington losing theirs. Uh, Murray State had a big upset win in their tournament. Yeah. St. Mary's beat Gonzaga and beat them badly. Dude, tournament collusion? Yeah, t- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't actually believe in that stuff, but I thought it was pretty funny that people thought Gonzaga would actually throw the game to get another uh, West Coast team into the uh, into the tournament in St. Mary's. <laughs> Did you you didn't see that conspiracy, Ryan? Well, I mean, St. Mary's doesn't end up in their bracket, do they? No, 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 no. But no, they they're in the tournament though. They play Villanova. Yeah. Maybe maybe I just follow some crazy people on Twitter, but I, I saw that oh. floating around the the Twitter. Race. Their tournament went real quick against Villanova because I think Villanova Big East winners is gonna go far again. Uh, I'm a big fan of that team. You know, the the bid stealing just really came into play this year though, because Clemson doesn't get in, NC yeah. State doesn't get in, well, Indiana doesn't get in. Not sure these teams were the teams on the. Uh, 
on the bubble though, or that close to the bubble. You're TCU, talking UNC Greensboro yeah. was the was the biggest one with they were Washington the first team out. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, two teams. We'll do this quickly. Two teams you like. Let it be known. Tell the world. Who UNC, you like? I love. Okay. All right. Come on. Everybody. Right. Knows. Oh, Every- so the sneaky teams. Sne- sneaky right. picks. Two so, teams you like under the radar. This one's not so far under the radar anymore because. They made the run they did in the ACC tournament. Florida State is a phenomenal team. Deep. Jake, uh, Drake, uh, such a hard name to say. Joaquin Gray, that's his name, deep off their bench. They were comparing him to Draymond Green, which is a little far on ESPN. <laughs> but, I mean, he's a great uh, big man off the bench for them. Okay. Um, we know Cabenjale. We've talked about him so much on this show. He just completely tore Syracuse to shreds and has many other teams as well. They beat Virginia in the semifinal of the ACC. Just an incredible win for them. They are going to be a Final Four team in my eyes out of this uh, West region, which is a bold pick West with Gonzaga region. out there. Um, Syracuse. With Syracuse out there Michigan. too. Michigan. Michigan. I got Michigan. That's going to be a fun rematch. Early. If that happens, if you get the Michigan uh, Florida State rematch, that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, team two. All right, my second team, you know, why not say Villanova? You know, Villanova, I think. You got them in your Elite Eight. Yeah, they're going to go further than people think, even though they had those horrible losses early in the season in non-conference play. They bounced back and had a great season in the Big East. Did I think you see the tournament, well. the, the semifinals and the final? Yeah. Dude, really fun down the stretch. And Seton Hall streaking, too. Seton Hall gets a tough draw. See, uh, they played uh, Villanova really tough. Yeah. You can go go ahead. I'm sorry. I, th- I think the Big East prepares these teams well for the tournament run. We've seen a number of Big East teams, and it's modern incarnation, make big runs. Butler included under Brad Stevens, these recent Villanova teams. Uh, they're going to be a tough team, and I think they have a good path. St. Mary's, Purdue, uh, Tennessee, I think, is on the down end of where they were earlier this year. So look for them to make a little bit of a run. I believe in Virginia this year, too, even after what happened last year. Yeah, no, I'm in on Virginia as well. Uh, my under-the-radar teams, and not so under-the-radar in these parts of the country, I'm talking Buffalo. You talk oh, C.J. Right. Massenburg is primed to be like that dude. I'm you, very conflicted about them. They have a really tough draw because, all right, let's just say I, I don't know too much about Arizona State, but if St. John's wins, St. John's is a really talented team. Um, and then you're talking Texas Tech, a potential matchup in the second round, who they they are locked down on defense. They definitely have a lot of athletes. They like to push the, push the tempo a little bit, speed teams up. That West is, you know, a tough conference. I think the Syracuse end of it worked out better, even though you're playing the one seed round two. I'm just not crazy about Gonzaga. The bottom of that bracket's a gauntlet, man. It's tough. And Nate Oates will have his guys ready. C.J. Massenburg's ready to take over Marquette's this tournament. Marquette's there, too. Murray I, State. I got Buffalo in my Elite Eight, but I got them falling to Michigan. I have them losing round one, oh, believe yeah. it or not. To who? who? Who do you think? St. John's or ASU? G- call your shot here. <laughs> call your shot. <laughs> Give me uh, St. John's. Yes. Shamari Pons, man. Shamari yeah. Pons. Uh, Last team Aaron. into the tournament. That's going to be a little bit of fire under them. My thing about Buffalo, I watched them struggle in their conference, and that's, that's just right. always an, you're done for me. If you're playing mid-major, Gonzaga too to lose the West. Hey, mm, but Nate Oates had this guy's ready last year to take down a really strong Arizona team. I'm hoping that it happens again well, this year. Well, Arizona was headed by a guy who said you can't come back down 20, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so Cincinnati uh, is another team that I'm looking out for. I currently have them losing in my round of 32 to Tennessee. But You're Mick, buying into the AAC, huh? 
that uh no I'm not <laughs> and that that TV deal is kind of atrocious but Do you we believe can... in Houston no no I think I have Houston losing uh second round to Iowa State Iowa State can light it up for see me. if anyone's gonna go in the AAC I think it's Houston because they've yeah. been a rock solid team all year but Cincinnati's got the Syracuse uh the Syracuse equation they turn it into the rock fight I think Tennessee is one of the more vulnerable two seeds. And you're talking, if you can kind of just force Tennessee uh, to play from the outside and just launch threes over you, I think they're a decent three-point shooting team, but they're streaky. And so if you can force them to play from the outside and be physical with Schofield and Grant Williams, kind of go toe-to-toe with those guys, I think Cincinnati's got a shot to move on. And then you talk a Purdue or a Villanova who also could be vulnerable to playing a more physical team. I'm not picking it but I like Cincinnati's prospects I think it's a decent draw for them I think that there is a path to as far as the Elite Eight what do you think of Gonzaga Gonzaga uh some people got, I mean I know one shining pod had them going all the way I got them in my final four I think Gonzaga is super solid uh I think that the zone Syracuse has a shot we could get into this mm-hmm. we can get into this later Syracuse has a shot and then you get Florida State and then you get a like a Michigan probably. Well, they're on the Texas right side Tech. of this West Brock. They're on the right sure. side of it, but dude, it's a drag in this West, man. This West is tough, and Gonzaga they've got the best win this season. Now people were saying, oh, Syracuse has the best win this season. No, it's Gonzaga because Gonzaga played a healthy Duke. I'd rather play uh, a Cam Reddish and uh, Tyus Jones less Tyus Trey yeah, Trey Did Jones a, a Trey Jones. I'm sorry, Tyus Jones and Cam Reddish less Duke team in Cameron than I would the Zion will like a full squad on the road in Maui. Gonzaga beat him at full strength back on December 23rd. I like Gonzaga a lot. I think that and Tilly, uh, I forget his first name. Tilly's going to be healthy. He's yep. getting in game shape. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they got the big men. They always got the big men on Gonzaga going back to Kelly Olenek and uh, Sabonis and got him in my final four. If we're gonna get to them though, we gotta get through Baylor first. So let's let's, let's talk check Baylor. in on Baylor. Hey, nice segue, dude. Are you a <laughs> podcaster? You a podcaster, dude. Oh, but real quick, what, what are your final four teams? Final like four. Gonzaga? Final four. I got Gonzaga, Duke, Virginia, Kentucky. Duke winning it all. Talk about a little chalky, but uh, t- chalky might win you your bracket this year. Imagine this. My conference bias is gonna show a little bit here. A U- little. <laughs> UNC, Florida State. Duke and Virginia. Give me another <laughs> ACC tournament. That would that'd be a lot of fun. That Duke, would be a lot of fun. Duke-UNC final is what everyone's dreaming of, I think. And uh, you got UNC. You're picking against Zion. Yep. I mean, I guess, I get that point, it's a coin flip, so. They lost by one in the ACC tournament. There's, I'll get them on this one. There's a little bracket strategy, a little bracket gamesman, gamesmanship here, because I imagine a lot of people are going to pick Duke. So just a heads up, folks. Maybe if you're in these brackets that really value the national champion, it might be wise of you to go with a non, not unconventional pick, but not a Duke. Uh, maybe not even a Gonzaga. Gonzaga seems to be like NC's another... got a good path too. NC State, yeah, NC. I'm sorry, yeah, NC has a good path, and I like, yeah, their path. They're the path of least resistance. They're a hot team. Uh, I think NC is a good pick. They're yeah. a good pick if you're kind of just trying to. Give yourself a good shot. Not, I, I don't know. I like Duke. All right, back to Baylor. <laughs> so Baylor, Baylor. we got to give a shout-out to our guy over at the SB Nation Baylor site, Kendall Cott, who wrote about the turnover dynamic in this game. Kind of a cool name, Kendall Cott. 
Yeah. Go give it a read. Kendall caught of what is this website called? Um, this is uh, our, daily. our Daily Bears. Yeah, our Daily Bears. So Kendall he, caught. he did some you know scatter plots, great charts here to show the turnover and surprising results. When the opponent turns the team over more, Baylor's turnovers go up, and when, vice versa. When, when Syracuse, Syracuse plays goes, teams that turn it over, they really capitalize. Yeah. So and we saw that against Duke, too. You know, Duke's a turnover-prone team, and they turned Duke over a lot in the ACC tournament. So that definitely came into play right there. We're in pretty good shape because Baylor's so prone to these turnovers, and we turn people over a lot, like you just said. And... What I'm not what I'm not seeing from this team is like a phenomenal shooting team. So if we can kind of just like, you know, do what we do and force teams to launch over our zone and then they start getting into these empty possessions, one pos- like and we can rebound decently well. What scares me is the offensive rebounding. They're 14th in the country in offensive rebounding. Yeah, I think we can swing with second chance points as long as they put backs out. And we were able to against Duke because they were just putting it over like crazy on us. We still bounce back from every deficit that they face there. So as long as those are put backs, it's fine. The kickout threes become a problem. But like you said, this team doesn't shoot the three point shot very well. They're pretty offensively challenged as a whole, ranking 200th in points per game. You did say, though, in terms of Ken Palm, they have. Uh, they were pretty high up there. So. Yeah, so Ken Palm, they're actually 28th in adjusted offensive efficiency, which is weird because their percentages aren't great when you look at their basketball reference page. Uh, you're talking, I don't know, can you can you read off those numbers for me? Yeah, they're 34% from three, 67 from the three uh, free throw line. So, I mean, like those are the two most important shots in basketball. I guess they went up to 37% in conference play. And here's the thing, I mean, Baylor is not going to make the tournament. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. Baylor's worse than us at shooting free throws. <laughs> that might come into play. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I was going to mention this. I was going to say, well, you know, Syracuse, not a great free throw shooting team. And oh, they were so bad to end the year. It yeah. was horrific. Oh, I don't know what happened because the beginning of the year, as shaky as they looked at times, they were hitting their free throws. Sometimes you peek when you're filling out your tournament bracket and you say, who's is this team a good free throw shooting team? And if they're a bad one, it's a deal breaker. Keep for an me. eye on that. And yeah. Syracuse, bad free throw shooting team. I'm never rooting my orange or counting my orange out, but uh, – I don't know, man, 68%, but they're even worse. I just always say, and we're going to have to dig a little deep into how much zone Baylor saw this year, but if a team can't do it on the offensive end, they're probably not going to beat Qs because we've seen Qs against the bad offensive teams, especially in the ACC this year. They'll really just strangle them down, and even if they score like 65, 60 points, they'll still be able to get it done. And that's what they did in the tournament last year if we're comparing this favorably to past Syracuse teams, which Ken Palm did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good article, but I I have one thing to chip in before we uh, segue over to that. Thinking out loud here, and half-joking. So, basically, if if you think it's a good idea, we'll we'll say it was serious. If you don't, we'll say (laughs) it. Um, Ready? Syracuse could use its depth in this game, right? Play physical, guard the rim at all costs. Chukwu, Sidibe, Dolajai. Guard the rim. Even if it means you gotta be a little more chippy than usual, so play tough on the boards, guard the rim. Make if you f- put them at the free throw line, maybe they shoot themselves into a hole and they end up with a lot of one point or empty possessions because we are playing so physical. And obviously, you get away with better defense on the defensive end for some of those possessions. You're not fouling them every time. Yeah. So maybe 
it would be advantageous for Syracuse to come out and establish that physical presence on the interior from the get-go. Yeah, and I think they've done a good job with that. O'Shea Brissett in particular has done a good job with that. Yeah, he's been good in t- inside for us. Yeah, he's been looking a little bit better, and he really is the key to, like, you know, can this team make a leap come tournament time? He's been the missing piece all year long, really, because uh, everybody's had their moment. Even missing Chuk- is one way to say it. Even yeah. Chukwu's had his moment this year. We still haven't really seen Brissett at the level he played at last year, start to finish this season. I feel like we're getting into a territory where it might be a little late. <laughs> I mean, you got, you're talking Elijah Hughes has only one less block on the season than O'Shea Brissett. That's kind of sweet. And his blocks are flashy. Uh, I love when he comes in and gives it a nice slap. I wrote earlier this year, he's the most electric shot blocker you ever see of his size. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. And yeah, he had some he, big ones in the ACC tournament, too. Maybe we'll have to recirculate that article. Man. Get, <laughs> get people hyped up for that. And then I'll, I'll clip a few Elijah Hughes blocks. We'll get the whole thing going. Get back on the bandwagon. Um, so Ken it, Palm. Let's talk about it. Yeah. This is a good... <laughs> this is a good indication of what Syracuse could be capable of this tournament because you get the right one seed that you want to see you don't want to see the three ACC one seeds you're on the right side of this west bracket like I think the toughest team you could run into after Gonzaga is Florida State really and you know at that point you're in the sweet 16 elite eight territory so I mean Gonzaga is going to be the big one to get past right but yeah go so premise of this article it's Ken Palm Ken Pomeroy of uh he has his own website, Ken Palm, that we often refer to. Uh, he also writes for The Athletic sometimes. He wrote um, comparisons for potential title contending teams, and he calculated it by how many tournament wins you aligned with. I think it, it's more complicated than that. Know. Yeah, you can you can read it more closely. I don't have time to explain it, or I mean, reread it and then explain it. But uh, <laughs> all I know is that he was comparing current teams to past title teams he had 12 teams on his list that he considered title contenders and i don't think that's all of them but these were the 12 that he decided to note syracuse was one of them guys kind of interesting that's kind of fun he caveated it with the status of ty's battle which we all understand entirely however he comped this syracuse team to the 2016 final four team and the 2013 final four team and the 2014 <clears throat> uh, UConn Final Four team. Uh, it's kind of sweet, and it makes sense too because what differentiates this team from last year's team is you got the wing scoring. You got Hughes. You got Bayheim. You got Battle. That reminds me a lot of 2016 when they were able to rely on Trevor Cooney, Malachi Richardson, even Michael Benajay really scored like a perimeter player, wing type player yeah. back then. So that team and you had, had the Tyler Lydon presence, dude. He was he, was that Tyler Lydon? Yeah, and uh, Robin Roberson as Roberson, well was yeah. huge in that tournament. So you know you have a similar force inside in Chukwu now when he's at his best, and you got we just don't have that shooting like the big man shooting threat like yeah. Lydon. But but uh, we didn't have Buddy Behan. We didn't have a sniper like that. So I mean, here's Benjamin the thing. Really I mean, if they want to become that 2016 Q's team, it's got to be Brissett doing what Lydon did back then. And you need Buddy Beheim to maintain his shooting prowess. You need Tyus Battle to return to his scoring. You need BC. I, I mean, we don't need that every time. But remember that BC takeover? We need that Tyus Battle mentality in these games. Battle's going to be a big one, too, because you know he's going to be taking a lot of shots when he's out there, and he struggled with that volume shooting to end the season. Yeah. When it got more spread out without him, and this isn't to say, like, maybe they're better without Battle, they played differently, more spread out. Howard seemed more free with the big minutes. 
Like, it worked without him. Now he's going to have to come back in and make shots if he's going to be taking a lot of big shots now, playing the minutes at point guard like they did before. There's a lot riding on him as well. I mean, him and Brissett were the two guys who drove them last year. They take a little bit of a step back this season. Other guys have supported them and the roles that they have. They're going to have to become back, get back to being those shrunk men now that they're into the, the tournament. You know... I just couldn't have imagined the bracket lining up any more perfectly for them, though. You're that excited about it, man. Yeah, and, you know, I've believed in this team all year. I know I have them going down the Florida State if they do get past Gonzaga. But here's, you know, we'll wait to see what happens on Thursday. I'm just of the notion they haven't lost a first-round game since 06. They're not going <laughs> to lose to Baylor. It's a pretty good stat. Um, yeah, I'm in on it, too. Uh, you said Syracuse is a two-point favorite? Yeah, so let's ride that to the moon. Two-point favorite. I don't know. All right, let's talk lines here. I kind of like the two points. Ah, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably – I don't like wagering on games that I already have a vested interest in because I don't like raising the stakes even more. I'm not a thrill seeker like that. Well, if Cuse is going to win, I think it will be by more than one, so I feel safe about that. Yeah, true. Get the push at worst. <laughs> All right, so Thursday, 9.55, I believe. Well, that'll get changed. That's going to get changed to 10.30. <laughs> so we'll probably record an emergency podcast after that one. Yeah, you know what? Let's, Bobby, now I'm going to speak for myself here. Uh, now I'm going to speak for both of us. We're going to lock it in. We're recording the podcast. All right. Now, I don't know. <laughs> we'll unpeel the game right we'll, after. We'll unpeel the game right after. And folks, maybe, maybe we'll go live on Periscope as well. I don't know how we'll do that from separate places. Because I will not be here. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure out something. And I'm putting it down right now. We'll go live. We'll at least have content available for you guys in the morning. Uh, we'll have noons. We'll have all the coverage. Make sure you're sticking with us um, through this NCAA tournament. It's the best time of the year, guys. Let's enjoy it. Let's have a lot of fun. Enjoy watching the games. Hopefully you get off from work or at least a half day. I mean, your boss is being mean to you if you're not. At least on Friday, too, right? Yeah, or you should be in college like we are. And yeah, not skip class, Have the maybe. weekend Thursday at 12. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys. For Bobby Manning, I'm Dylan Finer. I'm at Defines31 on Twitter. Bobby. At Real Bob Manning. And we got the blog at Noons Magician. Go check us out, noonsmagician.com. Thank you for t- tuning in to Troy Noons is an Absolute Magician. Pod- Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. This is Unpeeling Syracuse Basketball. Good night, everyone, and let's go Orange.